0: uh welcome to above love above love yeah okay that's mommy and daddy's podcast uh, yeah. okay we love you and we love you you love me too Okay, how y'all doing welcome to above love this is our fourth episode and um we're actually a day late but uh we're here yes we are yeah, what were you about to say, girl?
1: No, I, I I didn't know if you wanted to go ahead and like talk about our week that we had.
0: Yeah, we about our week. I'll start it off. Um, we just got back from Atlanta. Uh, we went to Atlanta to visit my parents and my sister and my nieces and. My grandma and we even went to state, which is where we first met, and we met up with a couple of people from um, where you first started your program to see that program out there. We went, we went to a church that um, my great granddad was actually a pastor of, and my grandma still attends regularly. Uh, we had a great time. I was uh, excited to see. Everybody that came through. I had a couple of partners that came up that I graduated with. I also had uh some family come through. And uh yeah, it was a it was a great experience for, for JR for sure. Um he was out there getting in trouble as usual, but he had his his comrades with him because he loves some Kaya some and serenity. So he had a great time with that. Um how was your experience out there, Jazz?
1: Um, it was really good. I really enjoy seeing JR enjoy his family. He loves Georgia now and just being around everyone and especially it was our um we were celebrating eight years of marriage. So just being around family during that time and also we were um celebrating Mother's Day just a little bit early. And it was just nice and it was just very Nostalgic, too, because, you know, um, we were uh, around each other, been around each other for 12 years, and I didn't really realize that until we start talking to everyone, and I've been around your family and your friends for a very, very long time, and that, and I'm all, well, I'm not all they know, because you've had past relationships before me, but it's like, I'm, I'm family, you know, I'm not just married into the family, but family, it was pretty
0: cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I don't like how you bring up my old relationships like that. But uh, yeah, everything was pretty cool. Everything was pretty cool. Um, the
1: best part of what... it was going to Fort Valley and going into your old room and seeing all the your older stuff. That was pretty cool. And the photos.
0: <laughs> Are you talking about my uh, my high school journal?
1: Your senior book, and even going through your college stuff, like stuff that you um, probably forgot you even had.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of stuff I forgot I even had. Um, yeah, I, I really need to bring some of that stuff down here, man. It's it's just whenever, whenever I got that job out here in Texas, I got all the necessities, and I packed up the neon, and I was out. I was out quick. That's all of my my focus was at that time. But yeah, it was a good experience. It was a yep. good experience.
1: And then go, even going on campus, it was pretty cool. And Jr. going on campus. And it was very um, really – it was really good experience to have him come on campus since that was where we first met each other. So it was really um, good for our eight years to be able to just reminisce and have those memories.
0: Yeah, it that was, that was a cool moment, man. It really was a cool moment. I think he enjoyed it. I think the pictures are kind of – kind of um, give him a snapshot back in time whenever we show it to him when he gets a little bit older so he can actually know, you know, where we met and things like that. Uh, yeah, I think I think that was good. I think we need to try to make those trips a little bit more often. I think we do.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to visit my family in St. Louis.
0: Yeah, we got that coming up probably in, um, what, about September, I guess. We're going to try and do that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that'll be that'll be interesting, a, se- a second flight, you know, because this one went so good and so well that uh, we really didn't have anything to worry about with little Man because he just sat down and he was pretty obedient for the most part, hoping it'll be the same thing later on this year. And then that's going to be a family reunion, so it's going to be a lot more interactive. He's going to meet a lot more people. He's going to meet a lot of people that he's never seen before, which that'll be extremely exciting, especially if he has, like, some uh, little cousins that are around his age so he can play around with
1: yeah, I get I have to do it tell so, jr that those are your cousins, and he's already automatically gonna be attached to them. that's just how he is, yeah
0: family is family right yeah. he already he already has a um pretty good grasp on that concept um what are we getting to uh this week on the podcast? It was a couple of things that you wanted to discuss well, I want to talk about
1: you know raising your kids and setting a good example through your relationship with your children and also touch on um doing things for your kids that you didn't have a chance to do and focusing more so on their growth than allowing other people outside of your home like teachers or a program to do those things.
0: Yeah. Um yeah that's a uh that's a loaded topic right there. Both of those are, are loaded topics. I think it's crucial to set the foundation for your uh, family through how you treat your spouse. Uh, That's first and foremost. Um, I know whenever we have any arguments in front of him, I can see his facial expression. And I I see that he uh, turns his attention directed towards me to see what I'm saying. And like, I don't think it really matters about what you say, but he's looking more towards me. So it's, I think it's a little bit more weighted towards me, just because you know I'm dad, and um, dad's always telling him what he should be doing. And so I guess he's looking at me to see if I'm doing, you know, something that he might approve of. You know, it might not be that, but that's what I, that's 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 how I feel in the midst of any argument that we might have in front of him. Uh, I don't know how it makes you feel, but that's exactly how I feel. Yeah, I
1: think that you know even. Even, you know, we're just having, like, a debate. Like, he doesn't really like us. Because, you know, we. I can get very passionate. He can get very passionate. And he doesn't really even like us. I guess he knows a different tone of voice. He automatically picks that up. And we're just having a healthy debate about something. And it's not even about our relationship. We could just be having a debate about politics or you know, <laughs> work-related stuff. And And, and it really kind of, like, he doesn't really like us you know, um, just even talking to each other like that, you know, because sometimes, you know, our tone of voice change. I mean, we're not yelling and screaming at each other, but he he definitely picks that up right away. And it makes you wonder, like, wow, like, you know, how would it affect him if we had full-fledged arguments around him?
0: I think he kind of feels when we're not on the same team, and when I say that, it's like you could be arguing one side of a point and I can be arguing the other side. And they can, he can see how we're like standing opposed to each other. You know what I mean? I think he can see and feel that uh, together. And so I don't think he's actually grasped the concept of being able to disagree but doing it respectfully.
1: Right. So
0: whenever he, of course, but he's more hard on me. And that gets on my nerves. I say, dude, I'm just, you didn't go say nothing to your mama about it. You all on me. But I mean
1: he has your personality you have to understand that and he is very protective of mom like if you mess with my mom I can see that as a problem now when he's in school. If you mess with my mom or see anything about my mom, me and you we gonna have some issues.
0: Yeah. And uh, that's gonna be some major issues too because people gonna have some. Yo, ma- I don't know if they, if they still had a little yo mama jokes and stuff like that but boy I used to get to fighting off of that in elementary school boy. You can say whatever you want about me. But if you say, yo, mama, oh, I'm putting hands on you.
1: Yeah, and J.R. is going to be pretty much the same way.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be hard for me to explain that to him because I, I understand where he's coming from. Because, you know, like you say, I, we have similar personalities. And so I really don't know how I would go about letting him uh, <laughs> letting him feel the way he feels. Because we don't want to distract him from his feelings or anything like that or make him. Feel a certain type of way that needs to be natural, but it should be a way that he's able to express it outside of just getting angry because somebody's talking about your mom. And I still don't know how I'm gonna do that. I really don't. I'm gonna have my, I'm gonna have some trouble with that. I already know. I already know.
1: Yeah, you may have to just approach it as it happens. Yeah, it's kind of hard to kind of figure out, you know, now what to say at this point in time.
0: That's true. That's true. But one thing I do um, like um, is that he sees a lot of the nice things that I do for you. Oh, oh he, yes. Now, yeah. When
1: I guess that one time when you guys came up to my office and you had brought me flowers and took me out for lunch, like ever since then, every time he passed flowers, I mean, yeah, every every time he past flowers. He's picking them up. Mommy, give you a flower. Oh, mommy. And even now, like, it's crazy because, like, he's really becoming very mannerable and, like, yesterday um, when we were, not yesterday, but Saturday when we were eating before our flight he had um put his napkin out and then when the waiter came and gave us straws, he opened his straw up, put in his cup and then he opened mine and gave it to me. Like, he's really becoming... A gentleman.
0: Yeah. And seeing that kind of stuff, man, that that really just melts my heart, man, because I always, you know, I always strive to be the best influence I can for him. And uh, just to see it actually, it's like I'm rewarded when I see him actually doing something without it being requested upon him. Like that just makes me feel like really, really good. It makes me feel like he's being receptive to the message I'm trying to I'm trying to give to him. And so, yeah, I, I, yeah. When he did that, too, you know, I, I was like, yeah, OK, little man's actually learning. You know, he, he we might uh, <laughs> we might have a guy here that we might not have to worry too much about, because, uh, of course, you know, I'm I'm worried about him on several different levels, because uh, for one, he holds hold his grudges like I do. And I said, man, if he picks up all the, the negative attributes that I have to me, <laughs> we're going to be we're going to be dealing with a monster.
1: No, I mean, you're not a monster.
0: Uh, he just, uh, he's yeah. just going
1: to have to find someone that uh, understands him, willing to understand him, someone that's willing to push him beyond his limits, but know how to do it in a respectful and um, in a mannerable way. Um, someone who can, you know, challenge him and also someone that he actually wants to be the best his, best part of him, you know, with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're you're definitely right. And I think we're taking the right steps as far as um, like your next topic was. I'm kind of transitioning into that, like introducing him to things that we weren't necessarily introduced into. Because I know for me, I was introduced to sports probably, you know, mid elementary school. I believe third grade is when I first started playing uh football and basketball with Brett and Coach Brian and them. Mm-hmm. And for then that was that was still kind of early, you know, to uh, be able to do it that early. And so, you know, I enjoyed every moment of it, but it was uh, other it was other um opportunities that I had as far as, you know, I was in like the, you know, the boys choir and um boy scouts and, you know, o- other extracurricular activities that didn't really pertain to sports, and I don't feel my dad was ever introduced to that and I don't believe my mom ever was either so it was something that they weren't really used to uh, collectively so they really, they probably didn't see uh, a major benefit in me being a part of those uh, organizations and that really deterred me from actually wanting to participate as I got older because I saw how strong the bond between people that were actually in those uh, organizations that actually went on those trips because I know it was a trip it was a Boy Squire trip. I think they went to Camp Sawani or something like that in uh, Tennessee, and I couldn't go basically just because it, you know, it cost a certain amount of money. But everybody else went. And so when we came back to school, it was a summer trip. So when we came back to school in the fall, that's what everybody was talking about, and I felt so left out, and that just put a bitter, a bitter taste in my mouth about anything that had to do with the, um, with the Boy Scouts. And so from that point on, I didn't, I didn't even want to. Be a part of it. And I think me not being able to bond with the guys that I had been with for eh, probably about like a nine month uh, program prior to the trip, that really, like I said, it deterred me from actually wanting to be a part of it after they were able to go on that trip.
1: Yeah, you're right. And also, we need to look at ourselves too, because back to being an example for your children. Your children are looking at you, they observing, and they're taking on things that you, you can't control what your what your child takes in fully, you know, what passes them by, you can't control that. So you have to really live your life to how you want your kids to be. You know, if you want your kids to grow up knowing God, you need to attend. You need to attend church regularly. You need to talk about God regularly. If you want your kids to be part of the community, they have to see you doing those things. You know, when they see you do those things. They will organically want to do those things. And have- you're right?
0: You you're right, but I feel the same way you feel about uh, the kids. You wanting the kids to be like involved in the community because you are, but. The thing with the church thing, I'm still struggling with that. And so I try to engage with the the new church community that we have now as much as possible. But, you know, as I I grew spiritually early in our relationship, I realized it was a bunch of lies I was being told, Um, you know, and that's partially my fault because I wasn't fact checking whatever I was hearing on Sunday. I wasn't going back and reading the Bible in full context to whatever the sermon was about. So I'm hearing a portion of it and taking that as just gold, not knowing that the full treasure was beyond that. You know what I'm saying? And so I still hold that now because I'm still I'm still new to that. You know what I'm saying? Like I read it right whenever I found a couple of those things out that, you know, it was wrong in false context. I read through it. I read through the Bible a couple of times and it just it didn't feel it didn't feel right. It just felt like a lot of times you're given half truth. Or even if you're given half, you know, it. it may, maybe you're given half, you know, that might be being too generous to say that. And so I feel a certain type of way about church in general. I do love the fellowship. I love speaking with other believers because I definitely believe in a higher power without a doubt. But I also do think they kind of segregate us through religions, feeling like uh, whatever religion you are, you're the only one that's going to be in heaven. And I, that's that's. That's that's crazy to me to even think like that, because I know I can't say I know for a fact, but I don't feel like I was blessed enough to be brought up in this certain type of religion. And everybody else who thinks otherwise just weren't lucky enough to uh, be brought up in the same religion I am. And so I have a, a, a big issue with people that just preach that certain denomination. Now, I will say. The church that we are going to now that you're heavily involved in, and I'm trying to get more involved in. Um, they're non-denomination, and they don't really push. He definitely doesn't really push any major uh, denomination uh, on you, and he'll speak he'll speak hastily against religion in general. And we still get the uh, general concept of of whatever each sermon is about. I do love that part, and that's why I go um, now. But like I said, it's going to be a little bit difficult raising the little man because I might have certain feelings that you're going to disagree on. And I can't say mine are right. And mom's, you know, mom's in the clouds with her thoughts, you know what I mean? And I wouldn't expect for you to say, you know, the uh, the opposite, you know? So I, that's, that's going to be something that I don't know. I, I'm just going to have to pray about it and keep on working on it.
1: And I can completely understand your viewpoint. Um, and not to really get too much off topic, but talking about the church concept, in my, in my personal opinion, in my personal walk, um, Christian spiritual walk, at the end of the day, there's a God, there's a higher power, whether you call it God or whatever, we know that there's something greater that created the earth, correct? That created all species and living things. I agree. And our lives are not we're not just here, boom, out of nowhere. And we're living purposeless lives. No, we're here for reasons and we have purpose. And I think and that's why, you know, in Genesis, when we protect, we partook of the um, the tree of good and evil, which is the tree of knowledge, uh, we we fail from grace because sometimes having that extra knowledge and and it can mess us up because we are seeking to understand something beyond what we were even supposed to understand. If you get what I'm if you get what I'm saying? And with that we can't be concerned about why well, I can't believe that the only religion is this religion, is that religion, because whatever it is Whatever the truth is, I feel like God is a master planner. He's a great designer. Everything is going to work out, you know, to that effect. Whether it's Jesus Christ or whoever it is, I believe God has a master plan to make sure that everyone at, at some point in time is aware of who they need to believe in. He has that covered. We don't have to worry about that. But with the Christian walk, it's more so, I'm more focused on the spirituality and learning and using the Bible to grow and not necessarily looking through the Bible or trying to see contradic- contradictions because there are some really great things in that Bible that I personally have lived by and my life had, my life and circumstances have turned out excellent just by the endurance and obedience, but by studying his word and actually living by his word, so I know that the word. When they say the the word is God and the word is truth, it is. You know, it really it really is. You just have to live by that, and unless you actually live by it, you cannot dismiss it.
0: I agree. I agree. But um, to to drive back to the point of um, having opportunities or uh, providing opportunities for the child that we weren't necessarily given ourselves how can we implement providing the opportunity for him to um to do more research beyond the t- the traditional church uh, and, he, background and, he will. And, upbringing.
1: and he and he will it's 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 progress he's just 4 years old its progress just like with me i went to church i went to church growing up that was the church of jesus christ and my grandma swore that that's the only church that you can go to to be saved that was her mind frame that was her thinking but going to that church didn't make me think and feel that way, because my grandma always, even though she felt that way, she always told me you need to read your Bible, you need to have a personal relationship with God. Just like remember when I when I first when we first kind of started talking and we started talking about church, and I told you, you know, went to like I think after we got married or engaged, one of those um, times I told you you need to read the Bible, and you finally read the Bible, and you were like, wow, you know, your whole perspective changed. It's a difference to going to church, listening to someone, but like, oh, yeah, they gave me uh, what I need to go through this week. But you actually have to sit down and read the Bible. And when you do that and pray, you establish that personal relationship with God, and God will guide you in the direction where you need to be. And that's kind of what happened to me. But the thing is, even though my grandma was, uh, was raised and raised me in the church of Christ, I still had that foundation to understand who God is, to understand to be in a setting to where I'm taught Bible stories to to the level to where I can understand and then I can take that later on and expound on that as I grow and as I try to learn on my own, you know? So that set the foundation. If it wasn't for that foundation, I wouldn't be as strong as I am spiritually and finding my own path and finding my own relationship with God, God as I am now without that foundation. And without my grandma telling me You need to read the Bible for yourself when I was of age to read the Bible and to understand. And you need to develop that personal relationship with God. And you just have to pray and let God work.
0: And see, who's to say that after I read the Bible, and I hate that it's taken like a turn from what uh, what we actually geared off into. Who's to say that the realization that I came to was to open me up to other um, forms of religion. To um help my spirituality, to not just have in one and that's,
1: nothing, and that's nothing wrong with that because the same happened to me when I opened up and I started reading and researching and and I've come to, across different quote unquote spirituality like meditation, yoga. There's a lot of different things, and I feel like we can take all those different um things and incorporate it and i can i still believe in jesus christ don't get me wrong i still believe in god but i feel like yoga can connect me connects me more to myself more to my spiritual self you know meditation connects me more to my spiritual self like you said i don't believe that god only gave a certain group of people knowledge to be able to connect with the spirit to be able to connect with him he gave them certain knowledge to connect with him in different ways than just yeah. going to church
0: Okay. Yeah, I I can agree with that. It's just been, you know, that has been something that I've been thinking about constantly and I've, you know, I've vocalized my, my reservations, um, as far as church and the whole religion thing with you. And of course, I I, I definitely choose to have them in church because having that foundation and that discipline is great. Um, they need that foundation and that discipline to start off their spiritual journey. But I don't necessarily believe that that, Strictly should be their spiritual journey That's just right there in that one church I think they should kind of open their minds up right. As they get older And as they become a little bit more mature And are able to actually um, right, right.
1: Learn. And we can love the Waters church Until he can go there Until he's 15, 16 years old And maybe he decide to read the Bible And be like no this is not the church for me I want to go looking for a church for me And I'm not going to tell him no He needs to find He needs, And I'm a firm believer in that I'm not, I, I do not believe in going to people and saying, hey, do you believe in God? Well, you should believe in this. I don't believe in that. You know, I, I tell people that, you know, read read the Bible, because if you look at the Koran, if you look at what are, all other texts outside of the Bible, a lot of that stuff is based. It's like someone just read the Bible and decided to write another book and pulling things from the Bible. So I I really feel like the validity of the Bible has been proven scientifically and historically. It has been proven the validity of those uh transcripts. And that's the main course, but w- however you believe whether you want to go Pentecostal, Baptist or all that stuff, but you do have to keep in mind that all that was stemmed off of the original um uh, the r- original church and when Jesus was alive, what he did was church was going to people's house and just talking about the scriptures, talking about how you should live your life and all those things just to make just so you can have a very fruitful, um um filled a fruitful, joyful filled life and not be consumed of the things of this world, which we automatically became susceptible to when we partake of the forbidden fruit in the garden. So, you know, and then people kind of created church the way they think church should be and have all these different rules and all kinds of stuff that is really not what Jesus first set out to do.
0: Right, but then it it could be argued that um, a lot of things that are in the Bible could have been just um, either highlighted or created for the term that it was being circulated and when i say that i'm i'm gearing it more towards slavery a lot of the verbiage uh, it coincidentally coincided with the principles that they were trying to implement during slavery you know what i'm saying like be yeah. uh, be, be you know obey your master and all you know okay. what i'm saying stuff like that and so and Clint
1: in our pastor Clint he touched base on that and i think i don't know if you have went to church that sunday or not but he said a lot of stuff's taken out of context just like the, the prosperity um verse, you know people verse take yeah,
0: prosperity you know,
1: verses, yeah, or, or prosperity verses. People take um certain verses, just like that. Go out and be baptized, and you shall be saved. People take that and like, oh, you have to be saved to be baptized. Then you then you be like, well, how come when Jesus was dying on the cross, the prisoner that was die- that was on the cross next to him, he said when he said that I believe in you, um, you would, well, I'll meet you in paradise. Well, he didn't get baptized, right? But the thing is- You mean is,
0: baptized to be saved. You said, you, right, he
1: didn't, he didn't get yeah. baptized to be saved. So how are you gonna right. meet Jesus in paradise? Because people took that that um, verse and, and met it for, oh, you have to be, in order to be saved, you have to be baptized. And that's not what that verse means at all.
0: Uh, yes, but my whole thing is, Certain so the pastors, slavery, but, and,
1: but I'm saying the, the slavery, um, the things that reference slavery, you have to be that's what I'm saying. You can't just go with to Matthew twenty-seven eight and read that verse and take that as full truth. You have to read the entire Matthew. You have to context. read. Yes, you context. have to understand the context. And when and when he was saying that is that God knew that there are people. Slavery ain't just started with with African black people. You know, descended from um, black people. Af- uh, slavery has been going on since the 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 start of of mankind. And God was basically talking to people that, that he knew people were going to be in bondage. I mean, that's just what it that's what it is. This is, you know, I, I've left this world. I let this world handle, you know, do what they want to do. He gave us all free will, so he knew people were going to be in bondage. So he was talking about what to do people that were in that situation at that time what to do in order to survive or to get through mentally of what they were going through. And at the end of the day, we can use that now in our own lives because slavery is not just being chained up and having to pick cotton. A lot of us are slaves to our own minds. You know, slavery comes in different forms and fashion.
0: We're Definitely. I just feel like the, um, that uh, African American African slavery was uh, amongst the most severe um, displays of slavery, as we know, of all time. That we, that we know, yes, right, know. right. And I'm still I'm still open to you know new information and everything. But well, I kind of feel reason like why might... I say
1: that because you know the Micah because we we watch what was that movie? Um, goodness, Bruce Willis produced it. It was about the Aztecs um the native mm. the native americans and um what was that movie You remember cuz it was all in the native language but it was a really really good movie about the native americans and then at the end mm. they showed the boats come in
0: yeah yeah i remember what you're talking about uh, i can't remember the name of it oh, okay yeah, okay I'd... so
1: those people they had people in slaves right and they were sitting there they were sitting there chopping people's heads off, rolling them down this daggone side, and that was, and that was sport for them. So no, we have not. I don't believe, but slavery is bad. Period. I don't believe in slavery, but I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, black people, African Americans, have suffered the worst slavery of all time. I don't believe that.
0: Oh, maybe I, I, in the li- if, it's, maybe if it's not the worst, that it's still we the longest. Of, but it's still the longest.
1: You don't know that.
0: The longest term that's been documented,
1: right? But that doesn't so, that doesn't mean that we were enslaved the longest ever.
0: Well, I'm just saying I'm I can't speak on hypotheticals. It's a, I'm it's just it's to, it's on... to be honest,
1: the way God works. You know, karma is not just um, a, a Buddhist or Hindu term. I mean, God says, "What well, goes around comes back around." You know, if you do good, good will follow you. Uh, for all we know. Africans could have had enslaved white people at some point in time. We don't know. Everybody
0: can't. Well, no, I've, I've, I've read an article or two. Uh, I can't really uh, validate the sources of it, but it, yeah, it, it kind of leads to what, what you're getting at. But, but so, so how yeah. do we
1: not know the slavery that we went through? Like I told you, how we not know the slavery that we went through wasn't a cause and effect situation? Or how do we not know that guy used slavery to get us over here to the United States because he wanted the United States to be populated by our people for a certain reason. And he used it slavery. Might, it to- might, th-
0: that, that might be true, but see, I have other uh, ideas on that as well. I believe some of us were already over here. And when I say us, I mean Native Americans. I think some Native Americans were kind of casted off as being um, African Americans, but you know, the history books didn't reflect that. But that's a different ideology that I have. And I, I don't really want to get too far off the subject. Uh, yeah, like you know, guests. you know me, I'm, I, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a conspiracy theorist and man, you know, I love reading, I love reading books on, um, information that I've never heard before, read before. And that stemmed from me reading the Bible and, uh, reading it in full context, reading it from the front to back, uh, old testaments to new Testament. And, uh, just to actually see that, okay, I didn't get a holistic view of what the Bible was about. Um, right. so once I read that and I started reading other books, that uh, took place in different different parts of the country, uh, different you know different parts of the world that opened my eyes up, man. And it was right, man, right. It, 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 we, it really. And we it, also
1: have to understand, especially if you do believe in God, he's the, he has designed the world. He knows the beginning to the end, and there's a great design going on. There's purpose in every single person's life, and and we all know that we're not this this earth. It's not going to be here forever, right? We're going to all pass on and we're going to, you know, either going to go to heaven or go to hell or whatever God decides to do with each and every last one of us. But during this time here on earth, um, he has He has a grand design, a grand purpose. So even the bad things that happen, nothing happens without purpose. And if we start looking at things like that, even with the bad things, even when the good things happen, we have to look at what's the purpose of this. Just like with the shootings and killings of black people, it's messed up, it's 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 effed up, you know, it's but God is using them. They are they are martyrs, right? They are martyrs for yeah. a higher purpose.
0: They are, they are. But and, the if you, anger, and if you read
1: Revelations, they will be clothed in white robes and sit on the throne next to Jesus.
0: Right. And that all sounds good and that's all great and that it, you know. Theologically, that's 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 perfect. Uh, It it aligns perfectly. But for me being a 32, year old black man raising a four year old black man in this world, you're not going to keep on being able to throw uh, biblical terms or biblical uh, stanzas or anything like that at me to solidify anything that's been done, because I'm constantly having to try to adapt and to actually configure uh, my 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 lessons, my verbiage, my teachings, everything that I that convey to, to to my little man. You know what I'm saying? And right. So I can't a hundred percent say, "Yep, yep." The Bible said this. The Bible said that. Case closed. Nah, that's not that's not the way I see things. Maybe I should get to a point to where I see things like that, but I don't. I'm at a point to where I'm trying to actually learn different ways and different tactics to approach certain subjects because you can't approach each. Uh, individual subject the exact same way you can't just say oh the bible says this on that you can't just say the bible says this on you know a whole totally different subject you can't well, just I, say that well, I mean, it I could think be that, the and foundation I think that
1: that's because you need you know you know god you read the bible and you know god there's different levels of relationship right and mm-hmm. i don't think that your relationship with god is very strong because you don't go to him first you don't try to seek purpose you try to seek your own understanding and your own reasons behind things Because my grandma always told me people cause she, and, that's, and she, that's how she kind of told me how to treat people people are gifts everybody belongs to God our child don't belong to me and you God has allowed him to be us to be parents for him while he's here but that's God's child right if God wants to take Jr., he has every right to take Jr. that's his child
0: right okay But I have faith in God. Right. And, you you know, you know that, right? I know that. I have enough faith to know that he says faith without works is dead. And that's something that I can definitely agree on on several different fronts. So I feel like the works is not me just sitting there. That's me actually utilizing my assets, utilizing anything that I can get my hands on to try to help. Right. And, the I, never, and I never I'm not trying said, to control I it. I never
1: said that when something like that happens, you just sit around and you just open your Bible and you just pray. Pray first and then ask God what can you know cuz those things happen for you to have that passion. Was it those things weren't happening and that you can see, you would probably wouldn't even have a passion about it because you wouldn't even know they went on they're going on, right? Right? So, those things happen for you to have a passion. God has angels in heaven, I believe, have yeah, angels here on earth, or soldiers, or whatever people want to call them, but he instills in certain people's hearts, that's why you may feel a certain way about something, and somebody else may not feel that certain way, because God has called you to to be a part of whatever he's doing in that situation.
0: And that's what I feel. I feel like he's called me, and not necessarily you know, in, in a formal uh, way, but I just can't see, that's What you're saying right now its
1: not about you trying to explain why. It's about you. I'm not good at that. I can't can't explain why. It's about education. This is what's happening. What can we do? That's the only thing that we can do. When I was 15 years old and I went to Wichita, Kansas to stay with my mom, there was no food in the house. She would leave me gone for days. There'd be no food. I couldn't wait to get a job. I could have got a job when I was 15 on a worker's permit and she. Um, deny me. She went and signed the workers permit. But as soon as I turned 16, I was able to get a job on my own, so I went and got a job. At the end of the day, I can sit around and complain about what someone isn't or hasn't done for me. Nothing's going to happen. Right? So what that meant, that means that I need to go out there and provide for my own. So we can sit around and complain all day Well, the police need to do this and the police need to do that, or the government needs to do this, the government needs to do that, guess what, it's not many of our faces in those seats. And then we wanna use excuses, well, they won't let us in those seats. That's not true. You know, we have to understand, in order to make changes, we have to be at the seat of change. And when you wanna be at the seat of change, like I tell you, at your job, you want to be at the seat of change, it's not going to come easy. You're going to have to put up with racism. You're going to have to put up with backlash. You're going to have to put up with people calling you whatever. But it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I'm on God's purpose. I'm purpose supposed to be here. I'm representing my people, and I'm going to make sure that my people have a way, and I'm going to stand here, and I'm not going to let nobody remove me because they call me a name or they want to be racial to me.
0: I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, it seems to me like we're saying the same thing. It's just, I'm saying we can't just sit on our ass and expect for, for anything to happen. I mean, right. we can pray and we can keep continue to read the Bible, but we have to do more than just that.
1: But going on social media, and I mean, we're getting way off subject, but um, going on social media and... Being a social media advocate doesn't do me Slacktivist
0: Slacktivism at its finest. You're slacking and you, call, you claim it activism. You know, yeah, you know how I feel about that. A lot of people do that. My whole thing is be the change that you want to see in the world. So if you're pissed off about what's going on in the world, you feel like a lot of us, uh, a lot of us uh, black males feel like there's not enough positive representation out there. We need to be out there. We can go out there and be positive individuals to be able to influence these the the youth but, to actually do things positive. And
1: it's about education and I know people wanna get mad at the school system. Well the school system didn't tell me this and the school system them tell me tell me that. You know what? If you wanna learn and then people complain about black history, which really pisses me off, you wanna be mad at somebody about not knowing your own history, be mad at your parents and your family. No, parents, no, parents.
0: and no. And that's no, I, I totally disagree with that, because a lot of times we have people's parents that aren't present. And so if their parents aren't I'm present, your, they're, ma- your, they're mad at them double time. Even if the parents aren't there, what, are they going to be mad at the foster parents, the people that's only getting money to uh, take care of them? They're going to be mad at the system because the system wasn't there. To act, the system's not there to actually give them the, uh, the knowledge that they need to progress as individuals and society you can't say be mad at any you need to, you need to get the education yourself don't be mad at anybody else I'm just saying say if, that if you're
1: going to be mad and ask questions you need to go to your parents if your parents were there in your, if you were raised with your parents one parent or whatever and then ask them how come you didn't tell me about my history and just, and just ask
0: no,
1: and, but see, and, and, what if
0: your parents see, aren't to,
1: there? To, to see, you know? What if your parents aren't there? I'm just saying, I'm talking, I'm, I, I said specifically talking about parents that were there.
0: Of okay, so people, if we're- if Of course
1: we're... people are parents not there, but you have to understand, people, I am, if I become a teacher, I am not responsible for someone being born and their parents not there. I'm not responsible for that.
0: So they just out there for themselves, and so that's the majority of society. So we're just, we're just uh, gonna let that just fly. Is what what you're saying?
1: I'm just, I all I'm saying is that I'm not responsible, just like you, right? If 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 someone is, if we see a child out in the street corner, you know, we may pick them up and and, and, and let them stay for a little bit or whatever. But if we, but if we're not responsible to make sure that person eats well every day right
0: to a certain extent because if we place that we if we place them somewhere like a shelter we're shifting the responsibility yes we were responsible for how many days they ever stayed with us but we're shifting the responsibility but you're not
1: responsible for that person for the rest of their lives unless you take the no because we
0: shifted it Because we shifted it if it was a child we shifted it hopefully to um, a group home or something yeah but they can go there
1: and get molested or hurt or you know all kinds of stuff but
0: and I'm not saying I'm not not saying we take the
1: for people and and, and that's what and that's what upsets me because you know we say uh, parents weren't there we have to stop making excuses for people
0: right but I'm saying we're not taking the entire responsibility for the failure for however however they are but our responsibility was picking them up and placing them in a nurturing environment.
1: But if I'm a a lot if of, pe- I, lot of kids hired are not having if I get that. Hired as if, a teacher, not... if I get hired as a teacher, especially if most of the teachers are white, a lot of white people are not going to know our history. And if I'm a lot told. white
0: people don't know our history. I know that. I'm okay.
1: Saying. So think about that. A lot of white people don't personally know our history. And if I'm told, oh, you need to teach blah, 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 blah. And and a lot of that black history is not on there. Even if you have a classroom full of black people, it's not up to you to sit there and take upon yourself, Well, I have a lot of black people. Let me let me go research I'm, and learn about their history and teach them that. People I'm not,
0: don't think I'm, like not that. Dis- I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm saying as a teacher, you don't teach them what to learn. You teach them how to learn so if you teach them how to learn whenever they're presented with new information their go-to is not to fault who didn't give it to them they're seeking more information
1: but teachers and are not that being is how, taught that is how and we, that's the thing. but i'm saying Te- that is how we taught. should
0: deal with it go ahead
1: but teachers are not being taught to do that
0: And And that's why
1: there needs to be be more of us, you know, trying to fill those positions. Just like we had a professor in college at Fort Vance State University. He's supposed to teach a class. He teaching life because he cared about us.
0: Yes, but he taught us. Right, because he wasn't teaching us exactly what to. He was teaching us how to learn versus what to learn. I think that's a general concept that everybody should adopt. But this, Teachers, but this is a man,
1: this was a man, he was what, 70 by He was 60? old, yes,
0: but we're but blessed to be young a, enough. He has
1: been through a lot. He's been teaching at the HBCU right. for a long time. He has been through a lot. He has been through the Jim Crow. He has been through segregation, integrate, integration. He's been through all the different civil rights laws and civil rights acts and he's, he's been living during a time where Martin Luther King was assassinated and Malcolm X was assassinated. He's seen a lot and he knows He's more passionate about the, you know, his his culture and educating African Americans, not just about what's in this chemistry book, but let me tell you something about life. Guess what? If your teachers are mostly and not not from the same culture as you or haven't been through the same history you, they're not gonna feel that way, and you can't expect <laughs> for them to be responsible to do that.
0: I I agree wholeheartedly. But what was that last argument we had with you and my dad? You don't want to send Jr. to an HBCU to learn that kind of stuff. No,
1: I did not I say I didn't want to send him to HBCU.
0: Uh, okay, okay, okay. I'm just, I didn't, okay, I didn't mean to say that. If he got into a uh, PWI that was uh, maybe an Ivy League, you would prefer, y'all would prefer them to go there versus going to an HBCU where he would actually get this background information and this love from possibly a 70-something-year-old man. But he man would, get, but who's he would been already through... have
1: it with us. Well, Jr. is a different situation because he will already have that with us. I'm not letting the teachers teach him anything. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to sit back and watch the teachers teach him. You know, I'm going to be very active. And that's another thing. I'm going to be very active in his school. I'm going to be part of the PTA. You know, some of us won't even. You
0: already are. You're already part but of the I'm PTA. Be, He's not even cool, in elementary but once school he
1: yet. Starts, I'm going to be very active in the PTA. I'm going to be knowing what's going on. I'm going to go to the school board meetings. I'm going to know what the heck is going on in my child's school. and A lot of people don't do that.
0: I know. I know. And that's what I love about you because you're actually you're extremely proactive. Um, like like I said, you are already part of that uh, PTA and he was Three at the time, whenever you became part of it, and it's like you don't even go to the, the school in the neighborhood, but you're already a part of it. Oh, I became and the PTA as I, soon I
1: knew there was elementary school, I knew he was going to be in elementary school. I was part of PTA like a week, it was three, it, but, it it was was, like, a week, but it was like a week, it was a week after we moved here. I was,
0: yeah, I know, I know, because we knew he was going to the school in the neighborhood. But what I'm saying is that's good, uh, for his situation because you know, you have that, um just that might for him to actually gain everything he can because we moved to this school district in this area for a reason my uh my strength and my my, my internal um drive comes from wanting to actually represent the underprivileged and the voiceless because I feel like yes we're we have a we have a, a situation to where we're able to provide jr with certain things that he might not get elsewhere i my heart is with with him of course but my heart is also with the kids that don't have that well you that's know, well that's why have... god
1: made you and i you know to be his parents right. because the re- right. the reason why i feel like it's important to be involved in where my child is because tiffany said the same thing you know tiffany she just became a board member uh, for pta and and julie was like um oh, you joined PTA already? Because Christian just entered kindergarten. And she's like, yeah, she has. I have an African-American child. I need to be all through that thing. And I was like, that's how I feel. I'm not going to sit back right. and wait and, until it, it, there's a problem. I want people to know, because there's there's power when people know who you are. They're going to treat your right. kids completely different. If they don't know you, who you totally are... you totally right. Yeah,
0: that's the politics of it. Yeah. You're totally right. You're totally right. But at the same time, you know, I want to try to represent uh, underprivileged youth, people that don't have that opportunity. And that's my passion. It's been my passion for a long, long time. And so that's uh, that's probably why probably why we have the most uh, disagreements. Um, and it's not because we don't have the same goal, ultimately, is we have a, a different approach. And that's fine as well. That's fine too. This is one of the conversations that J.R. would hear us if he heard us uh, without sneaking in the rooms and stuff, he would actually be upset because he thinks we're against each other. But you know, we're just having a a good good debate, yeah, and good conversation, in my opinion.
1: And the only thing with you, not to knock your purpose, because if you feel like you need your purpose is Fifth Ward, Houston, there's nothing wrong with that. I would just tell you, I know when you first got here, you used to when we were staying on North Side, you used to volunteer for um, the YMCA, and it was mostly like what. African American, Hispanic kids, maybe a few nah, Asians. Nah, it was,
0: it was it, Nah, it was. It was very few uh, African Americans. You had uh, Hispanics, whites, and you had like maybe. Two well, that's on for the team, soccer. The that's team. for the
1: soccer. But when you did the basketball or football, oh, uh, the basketball,
0: the basketball was probably worse. Or uh, football. football was probably the best. Football was probably best. But but um, so I'm saying that you, yeah, got, go you got
1: to see, you got to see more of you know,
0: diversity. I guess, yeah,
1: diversity. So. You know you felt like you were more so uh creating a change so when you got to Katie, I was like well why don't you um you know there's a i they just building it close by the house why don't you go thing he's like no these kids don't need me and I and all I said and all I was saying there is don't you're you're making judgments don't assume just because you're in a nice um suburban um neighborhood that you can't make an impact on those kids' lives too.
0: Yeah. Uh, my, because, my a lot, only... because a
1: lot of the kids out here they're spoiled. You know, you could actually Oh
0: come on now. Now it ain't it ain't that bad. Not our neighborhood, but you mean in the city, in the in the, the suburbs. No, I mean, a, a lot of
1: kids out here are spoiled and the fact that they don't have to worry about a lot of kids out here, a large percentage of kids out here don't have to worry about where the next meal coming versus kids that may be growing up in the fifth ward. They don't have to worry about, you know, how much money is on a food stamp card, how much money is on, you know, my my like some some kids in the in the area that you serve, they're like seven to eight years old have to worry about stuff that adults have to worry about.
0: Yeah, you don't have to tell me that. I I, I deal with that. Yeah, you don't have to tell me that. I know that, and that's what that's what that's what uh, drives me.
1: So when I say spoiled, I'm just saying they able to live carefree. And not have to worry about those things It can actually be a child,
0: right? But see, and you you making that statement, those statements, you don't see how I feel driven to an area. Oh, that's what that I'm saying. Are... I
1: I completely understand. I mean, that's your calling. That's your calling. All I was saying is, don't turn down something just because you just you don't see or feel an automatic need. Because wherever right. wherever you are right? Wherever you are, you're going to make an impact, even if it's just to help bridge that gap between, um, you know, Fifth Ward, Houston, and uh, suburbia, Katie, you know, be, let the kids know, well, you see kids being spoiled, well, guess what? There's kids out there that don't have blah, 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 because maybe their parents are not saying that stuff to them, and maybe even, you may even get so cool, because you got real, real cool with your group before, you may get real, real cool to where you can take some of them, their parents allowed to those places so they can see they may never been mm-hmm. to those places. You, you uh, never know. Uh,
0: yeah, I never, I never know. But some of those parents, they were pretty, uh, pretty high up. Uh, <laughs> they were uh, pretty elite when it comes to um, their jobs and, and their, their careers. So it would have been a difficult sale to bring them but, to the war, God, or even when, to third war. You
1: think it on human terms when God is involved. There's nothing
0: that's impossible. You never know what may happen. You're right. You're right. And God, God's still using me, and uh, I'm I, I'm being used, and I love being used because I I feel like I'm making you know an impact, and I will continue to do so, and I'm gonna continue to raise the little man the best way I can so he can be a part of it because he loves being a part of it. So um yeah I just I, I feel like we're just uh, moving forward with that. But I do get what you're saying. I, I I do get what you're saying. I I initially cut it off as, nah, they don't need me. They spoil, blank, point blank. But it's not necessarily that. It's it's usually more to the story than just that. Like nobody lives a perfect lifestyle. Even people who are spoiled go through. The father might not be be there. Or the father might be doing something else, or so even the mother, or something like that. So they're they're not getting what they need in some form or fashion. Yeah, and and, and you yeah, gotta understand, I can,
1: just like you know kind of similar to what you experienced, just because the per- person comes from a two-parent household, a lot of times when people are are rich, quote-unquote, or middle, high-upper middle class, quote-unquote, their parents, or, or father at least, is working. You know, yeah. and being absent. So you never know.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, I agree with that 110%. I do... Think that uh, little man is trying to bust in and break up the session on your side of things. So no, he heard, feel he like he's not
1: he... busting in here. Is he busting in?
0: Oh, there? okay. I just, uh, I just heard him throw something in the sink. So maybe he did listen to me and sat, sat down and ate his applesauce. Yeah, I
1: think he came in here and he sat down in the corner, and I think I was too loud for him, so he had left.
0: Nah, I, 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 I yeah, that, that, yeah, I came and got him. It was uh it was it was too loud. I didn't like it, like the uh, reverb on the on the podcast. But um, if you want to address any other any other issue, I'm cool with that.
1: Well, we were was going to talk about mental health and the importance of that getting that mental health check uh, with your relationship. But I don't know if that's going to take too much time
0: well I mean we we had almost an hour right now, but we can go a little bit uh you're saying mental health check what do you mean by that?
1: Well, a lot of times there's a stigma, especially in the African American community um but I guess overall too, because i our pastor always say, "Oh, we all got something wrong with us, you know everybody mm. some people don't want to admit it, and a lot of things that happen to us when we are we're children affect us emotionally, and if you don't really um, go and deal with those problems and issues you end up repeating that cycle with your own family and sometimes you do it subconsciously
0: yeah um, that's absolutely right especially uh, if you
1: especially if you live your life with with the thought in the front of your mind I don't want to be like my parents you know you, you will end up being like your parents almost 90% of the time because you're not supposed to live like that. You're supposed to live in freedom. You know what the things that I do on a day to day basis with my child, I don't do it because, oh, my parents did not do this for me. I don't have. I don't. You know, I don't make those choices. Well, I got to make sure I'm not like my mom. I got to make sure I'm not like my dad. I don't think like that. And it's all because of of dealing with my, you know, my my mental state. And if I didn't do that, I probably would live like that.
0: But no, um, you actually did say to yourself that you weren't going to be like your mom and you weren't going to be like your dad. You said that to yourself. No. You didn't say you're not going to be the mom your mom was. Or you're not going to be the dad. You're, you're, n- you're not going to seek the a person to be the dad that your dad was or anything like that. Because that that would sound totally, um, totally different from what I w- have understood from you. You didn't you know, necessarily I think, I say... Think
1: I think you're misinterpreting when we were trying to have Jr. And I was like, Cause you know, I, previously, I really didn't have a feel for kids like that. Yeah. And... Right. The way my mom kind of dismissed me and just forgot about me, basically, I... And I knew, and after being around her for... Because I stayed with her for about three years and after being around her, I knew that she wasn't really mentally stable and I was wondering, is that hereditary? So I didn't know if, because I never cause you know how women be like, oh my biological clock is is ticking. Oh, I'm gonna have a baby. It's like I never felt that way. Like never.
0: That's because you cause you end up having a baby at what what were you, twenty-eight? Twenty-six.
1: I'm, just, I'm saying like and people earlier than that. Even but like even now. Like, I don't feel like my biological clock is ticking. Maybe I'm going to have be able to have babies longer than I I thought that I would be. But understand, I don't have a biological clock that's ticking at all. And I know I'm still young, but I don't have a biological clock that's ticking. But um, so I didn't know. My concern was, I know things are mental. And my concern was, if I have this child, because I know, because I, I think even my sister had dealt with postpartum. But it wasn't like she abused her children. No, she didn't abuse her children or neglect her children. But I didn't know if those mental things were genetic and how I would be. You know, so I was kind of scared. And I was letting my mom, you know, how my mom was, drive me. And I wasn't really mentally healthy at that point. You know, when I got help later on, you know, I was able to move past that. But what kind I, of help
0: later on did you get?
1: I went to counseling.
0: Okay. I think that's important to actually, um, actually highlight that because you know how that is in our community. And that's definitely, that was going to be something that, well, that is going to be something that we talk about on our, our man's view podcast. Uh, we got a guy uh, that is going to be mentioning mental health and what he's been going through. And I, you know, I'll probably expound on some mental issues that I'm uh feel like I've had and why I went to counseling as well um, I think that's crucial that we bring it up because we kind of feel like it's a it's a little bit taboo uh, because it's never mentioned, it's overlooked and it's just non-existent in our community right. if you just ask somebody right. about it
1: and, to be, and, and to be honest, when I first went to counseling, because like the, the reason why I went to counseling is because two years ago I was driving and I had my first panic attack and you know I was, I was losing weight, and I was taking this like this supplement, and plus my thyroid medication. So I don't know if it was like an interaction between that, but I was driving, and JR was in the back seat, and it's I felt like I couldn't breathe, and my heart rate was soaring because I was wearing my um, Fitbit at the time, so I can see what my heart rate was, and it scared the daylight savings out of me, and. Ever since then, I went into this mental effed upness, Like, that's what I call it, because that's what I was. And I had extreme anxiety. I was just so fearful. I even got to the point where I was almost scared to just leave my house, but I had to because I had to go to work. Like, it was insane. And I think, you know, things happen for a reason, and I really don't know the full understanding yet of why I went through this, but it led me—I had tried everything— um, all the homopathic stuff, you know, it worked for a little bit, but it was like, I'm still living. It was like, I'm living on the edge of life. and about It's like someone pushing you off a cliff and you're, and you're about to hit the pavement and then you get lifted back up and you're standing there for a little bit. And then someone pushes you off the cliff again and you're almost hit the pavement. But before you hit the pavement, you're lifted back up. That's how I was feeling. And it was, it was awful. And I was just like, I need to get, I need to see counseling. And, and at first I was like, I don't know if this is going, it's going to work. How can you just sit up there, talk to people, talk to somebody, how that's going to help, you know? So when I first started talking with her, actually it was awesome. She helped me because I was the because t- I went to. You can ask Cody. We were in we were in the emergency room like three or four times that year. I had a <laughs> specialists. I got my brain scan. I was like something is wrong with me because what I is it? EK EKG. I, I got several EKGs. I got I had a CT scan on my brain. Um, I had all kinds. When of I said, ba- I said,
0: baby, baby, you okay? You're all right. You okay? And you just like no, something ain't right. Something I was ain't like, right. Something
1: no, was wrong because even when I had the first panic attack and I went to the emergency room right after that, everything was fine. Our blood work came back fine. They were like, it was just a panic attack, and I was like, what is that? You just have anxiety, you know? Did anything just happen recently? And I was like, yeah, you know, we just moved into our new home and everything. And so, well, you know, that could be stressful. And I was like, yeah, am so trying to sell our house, especially the way all that went down. And come to Katie, and Katie was more expensive than where we were before. You know, stressed out about that, but I was like, I been stressed out about more things, more serious in life than, you know, moving. You know, that can't be it. So I didn't even. I was like, they're they're, they're missing something. So I had everything done, and it's crazy because it's funny. And I told my my therapist this that how. You can go to the doctor, and you think you're completely fine, and they come up with something. They find something, you know, wrong with you. But here I am, like, there's something wrong with me, and they gave me every daggone test they possibly could, and I'm, like, completely healthy. And all my husband had to say, well, at the end of it, well, at least you know, like, you, like, super healthy. And I was like, yeah, but I don't feel healthy. But it was me taking the time and realizing and accepting I have anxiety, and it's causing um, physical symptoms. And when I first went to counseling, she had asked me, you know, have you ever experienced anxiety before? And I was like, no, I've never experienced anxiety. This was my first time. I've never had panic attacks. This is my first time. But then we started talking, and then I came to the realization that I've had anxiety almost my entire life, since I was a teenager at least. And But it was like the little bits of anxiety because I remember even being in college like I would be up thinking about the test because my husband would be like you were talking in your sleep you were like you know formulating math formulas together and all that stuff and like I didn't know all that was anxiety and I think when my grandma died you know my grandparents pushed me to be the best that I could be but it wasn't really overwhelming but I think after my grandma died and my grandpa, you know, sent me to my dad, that situation didn't work out. Then I went to my mom and that situation didn't work out. I kind of just felt alone. And I put so much pressure on myself to succeed, like so much pressure on my life. And then it didn't help that I was in these high stressful you know, environments trying to graduate. You
0: took 23, you took like 23 hours per semester, Jasmine. I, I know. You graduated in two years with a chemistry degree, uh, three years with a chemistry degree.
1: Yeah, I know it, it's, it's insane. And I wouldn't recommend that for anybody. And then doing, and even when I was in school, I had three jobs. I, um, I tutored, I was a teacher's assistant. And what else did I did? I, I, I worked on another job on campus.
0: Uh, you were a girlfriend too. That was a yeah. job.
1: So, and even when I went to UT, you know, I still, I it was a little bit less stressful. I mean, less class wise, but it was still um, stressful. And I still worked, and you know, I was very hard on myself. And just having that, you know, feeling, and then when I got my first job, having to be perfect.
0: Well, no, I um, I'd interject. Uh, whenever you were at UT, that's when we found out about your um, endometriosis, right? Yeah. yeah. Endometriosis. And so that that was that was big. That was that was huge, actually, because that was something that you had been fighting with apparently way longer than what we knew.
1: Yeah, and it was scary because they didn't know whether the cysts were ovarian cancer or endometriosis. So I had to get like fully cut open. You know, and thank God it was just endometriosis. And thank God that I had a surgeon that, you know, was, you know, he was an older guy. And it was, it's, it's funny because he was a gyno oncologist and um, he majored in chemistry too. And we kind of just like, and he he probably like 60s. He was old, older, maybe late 50s.
0: Wait, hold on. You said gyno oncologist. There's I mean, a the difference between that and a gynecologist
1: yeah because the gynecologists just do the regular a gyno oncologists deal with um cancer in the reproductive
0: mm, okay area okay, okay. So, I thought you were just mispronouncing it the whole time yeah so so I had yeah,
1: yeah okay. so they had um they had sent me to him even though my gynecologist was there too during the surgery, but they sent me to him just in case you know it was something it was cancer, you know, they, they, so they sent it a specialist just in case. Um, so that was pretty scary, but we kind of vied, you know, we talked and he said he was a chemistry major. So, you know, God just placed people in your life. You know, he's real cool with me. So I guess he felt very personal when he opened me up and he was like, okay, I'm just going to work on her and try to, you know, do what I can to make sure she can have kids. And he worked on me for eight hours. So. But you know I didn't know that living that stressful life and having all those um demands and on myself caused me to have severe anxiety to the point to where um it just manifested in physical symptoms. But yeah, yeah but going to see a therapist, you know, really 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 helped me because she helped me realize that I've always had anxiety, and then she helped me uh, pinpoint the things that I was doing at that time, which is my anxiety, having to be perfect. When I send an email out, worried about, you know, did I say the right thing? And, you know, just learning how not to be worried about things. If you send an email, you didn't say the right thing, it's okay. It was a very hard concept for me to grasp at first, but once I started practicing those things, it was like my life changed. And I even became even better without worrying about being perfect.
0: You're talking about work-wise?
1: Yeah. Or just even in my life. I mean, not worrying about being perfect. Not worrying about making everybody else happy. And that's what I was doing. I was so worried about well, No,
0: sure. no. No, no. I need you to be the perfect wife. Oh, hush. <laughs> nah, I understand what you're saying. Um, Yeah, you well, you always excelled at work. Um it might have increased though, but how uh, did you trying, speak on it?
1: I was trying so hard, and now I don't to be honest, it's like I don't even try. I just do I go in, I do the best that I can, I, you know I send emails out. I'm not worried about dang, did I say that right? Did I misspell that and sometimes I well no sometimes sometimes you have
0: less of a filter filter you have less of a filter at this point, and so whenever something's going bad, your're project your project management. If something's going bad, you you you're you're checking the people at this point. You know what yep. I'm saying? You're not trying to be tactful, uh, especially when it's internal. If it's internal, you're not necessarily tiptoeing anymore. Like you're being who you are supposed to but, be. But I
1: mean, I used to be to the point to where okay, I write an email out and I'll try to you know proofread it and I'll send it out and then I may go back later and read it and if I see one word misspelled, I'm I'm gone. I'm, I'm like freaking out. No, they can think I'm crazy if I I should have said I didn't use the right there you know they're gonna think I'm stupid I used to like really 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 worry about that stuff but then it's crazy because you know I've gotten emails from clients with stuff that's misspelled and it's like I had to tell myself and that's where my anxiety came from I had to tell myself Jasmine it's okay you're, you're human you know no one's probably gonna care about that and if they do what's the worst that can happen
0: yeah. All right. You're definitely right. I don't feel like my level of anxiety is uh as extensive as yours. Um I feel like mine is more just towards like paying bills and making sure everything's situated for the household. I feel like that's a a major role that I'm supposed to be taken care of and so if anything slacks you know it's my fault so I um, I take that very serious. Outside of that nah I don't really see it being like super bad. I do go to counseling myself though. Uh, it's been about a month though. I had not been about a month I need to go back and I think I might end up bringing you to my next counseling session so we can make it a couples counseling session if that's okay with you
1: yeah, are you sure you want me to be in at this point?
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe so. Um, just know that she already has my back because she's been with me for a while. So you got to tread softly. Don't come in there just bashing me.
1: Well, don't be mad if she has my back. Cause I know that's how you are, and then you'll be like, "Man, I'm going to the counselor."
0: That's how you deal with my mama, man. You took my mama over. Mama don't care about me. But you understand
1: your mama's married too, so she can kind of relate. Especially since your you and your dad have very similar personalities and similar things that you guys do that she can kind of because she don't really have anybody that she can kind of um what you want to call bent. it get to yeah vent yeah. to so but
0: I think my mom's personality and my personality is this is very very much more similar than uh, me and dad but uh, maybe not.
1: You just don't want to man, take you don't wanna admit that you just like your daddy. <laughs> you were just I, I, like your
0: daddy. You have you I have you going. have
1: some traits of your mom, but you have a lot of chuck ways. It's okay. That's
0: that, that's still my dog, man. We 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 cool now, man. We had a lot of tough years and that's a lot of uh a major part of the reason why I actually started doing counseling and stuff like that, because of things that he had um encountered during the military and you know, just how it was, you know, him with dealing with me. So, yeah, it wasn't always it wasn't always cool. So yeah, we had a lot of issues, a lot. And, uh, yeah, he's going to counseling. He and mom are going to counseling as well. So, yeah, man, I think it's I think it's crucial, man, for people to actually go to counseling, especially us people of color, because you got things down your lineage that you might not even know might be connected to how you interact. Today, right, you know, right. so um, I think I think it's very important. Um, again, I'll plug the uh man, man's view podcast because we, we're gonna get on to it when uh when, when Greg comes on there, and um, and, I think he has some personal issues to talk about as well, and I can't wait to hear that.
1: And don't forget to check out my husband's new blog that he posted what Thursday, Dad and Bougie,
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's about me and little man, yeah, uh, averageblackman.com. Yeah, um, I have my blog going on. This is about the third week that it's been going. I will have my T-shirts up for sale sometime this week. Uh, they came in. They're wonderful. Uh, the wifey's been wearing it. I definitely appreciate the support. I've been wearing it as well. And um, people have been asking about it, so I'm ready to go ahead and put them up for sale. I have a, a few that I'm ready to put out for sale. And we'll keep on moving from that. Um, I'm Cody. And
1: and I'm Jasmine.
0: But nah, my name is Cody Mason Jr. And it's a wrap. The man said it's a wrap, so we're going to holler at y'all next time.
1: All right, until next time.
0: Yep.